0: You're listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode
1: 30.
2: 3-0? Rush out on an uptown train, doors open. As she walks in, she's
1: soaking. Caught in the rain, her skin shines like
0: This is the Gimme 5 podcast, where each week we discuss all things entertainment. It could be TV shows, movies, music, streaming, books, whatever. If it entertained us or made us think, we're going to discuss it. I'm Greg. And always, I'll be here with my co-hosts, Jimmy. What up?
2: And Rob. Your mom is up. Damn. Wait, what?
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, this week, some of us got a chance to check out the movie Tomb Raider. I'm going to talk about a couple books, The Last Days of Night and Wizard of Menlo Park. The that Netflix. sounds like a
2: Nickelodeon show or something. Yeah,
0: could be. Or it could be a biography of one of the greatest uh, minds in American inventing. And also, uh, Jimmy checked out the... Docu-series. The docu-series on Netflix. What a surprise, Netflix. Uh, Flinttown.
2: Yay, Netflix!
1: So guys, this is a review show, and there will be spoilers... I'm just done saying probably because there will be. We'll try to avoid any major twists. Of course, we'll let you guys know. Uh There are a couple of big ones in the show, especially for Tomb Raider. Speaking of, for example, if you did not know that it's pronounced Lara Croft instead of Laura Croft, then you may want to skip ahead and come back to us later.
2: Or that I totally went to high school with a girl who was named Lara Croft. So did I. Yes, you did. What? Yeah. And she's very nice. She's a very cool person. And, and I think she's actually a marine biologist now for SeaWorld, isn't she? She is. So <laughs> if you'd like to reach out and, and, uh, tell us what you think or just tell us that we suck, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod, or you can email us giveme5podcast at gmail.com. And as always, guys, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out. And also, we've got swag. If you want to get all your Give Me Five podcast swag, check out five podcast.threadless.com. All kinds of neat goodies there. Check it out.
0: I assure and you that the Give Me Five podcast t-shirt is better than whatever you're wearing right now.
1: And a surprise them. announcement.
0: I'm not wearing anything, though.
1: We have a Twitch channel so you can watch us play video games really badly. Uh look for us at Give Me 5 Pod on Twitch and we hope to see you there soon.
0: Oh, that's going to be so embarrassing. I'm so bad at video games,
2: especially when you're nude.
0: Rob is very about the naked tonight. <laughs> so, uh, ask us if, we, if there's anything new going on, Rob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, your, that's your part okay. on the
0: stream.
2: <laughs> well, your part? it was it was separated. I didn't figure it was my part. All right. Anything new, guys? <laughs>
1: well, I had a pretty eventful weekend. Um I got to go see some almost original works and it actually included some original works by my favorite graphic artist slash artist of all time, M.C. Escher. It was at the DeLand Museum of Art, or Museum of Art DeLand. They're in a little tiny cute... Downtown Deland, if you've ever been there, check it out. Um It's a lot of fun. The exhibit doesn't run for too much longer, but you know, might be coming to a town near you. Um, I also got to check out Jumanji, and it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be.
2: I I really liked it.
1: I thought it, it was, was really funny. I thought it, it was cute. I, it, Jack Black as like a seventeen-year-old narcissistic Instagram kid was the best.
2: Oh, he was a fantastic.
1: And, Kevin Hart, I mean, he's just so self-aware of, mm-hmm. you know, how tiny he is, but he's so funny. And, uh, it was actually really, really fun. I, I, I will definitely go see it again when it comes to the Dollar Theater. And it's funny that it's still in, I saw it at Regal. Mm-hmm. And I went to Target tonight to grab something, and it's out on Blu-ray.
2: Yeah, they, it, I think it actually just came out this week or something, didn't it? Because they were talking about buy, you can you can buy it before it's while it's still in theaters. It was it was a big uh, big promotional push they were doing this last week or two, I think. Yeah, so that's what's up with me. What about you? Well i i spent I spent today at uh, Disney again. <laughs> Jen really loves the Disney um big surprise yeah weren't you there all weekend we were we were it was her birthday and she wanted to stay on property so we we went to disney and stayed on property and my mom came up and visited and we spent a couple of days at disney um so yay oh greg what's going on with you uh
0: me Aww. i'm dealing with allergies from hell uh due to in part the winter park sidewalk art festival that both of us went to not together but it, we just happened to be yes together. Oh,
2: wow, uh, you hold holding uh, hands. We no, might a good have time. had to
0: hold hands because that crap is expensive. Um, Winter Park yeah. art, art Festival is not just... I feel like being an artist, I can just submit stuff. It is... You have to have won at least one art festival somewhere. So it's the top of the top, and the prices match it. The prices are worth it for the art because it's beautiful and it's flawless. As yeah, if myself. you can... Yeah, go ahead. I mean, if you can, if you can swing it,
1: then... You know, if I had it like that, uh, I'd walk out of there, you know, with arms full supporting, you know, artists from, from all around the world. I, I there was somebody there from, from France. Um, and there were some amazing pieces, uh, there, some steampunk, one of a kind pieces. It's just, just really cool stuff.
0: The winning. Did you see the best in show piece? No, not yet. It was, uh, this just a shot of a rough ocean. It was kind of like greenish water, kind of green, green brackish water. It was beautiful. I thought it was a photo. Walking up to it, it was, it was a painting. It was beautiful. Uh, oh, really? The thing about that art show is, like, you go close to the artwork and you look, and it's it's flawless all the way around. So it's like if it's glued to something, you don't see little bits of glue dripping out of it. If it's if it's framed, it's not like they haphazardly put tape or anything on the back. It's it's just one of the things I noticed from from dealing with you know art in the past, where you know a lot of. A lot of people are like, well, if you don't see it, it doesn't matter how it's presented. And every single piece I saw was, was perfect. Just crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the stuff I'm talking about is um, artifacts by artifactsbynomad.com. Unfortunately, you can't buy anything in there because of the rarity. But you can check out
0: uh, their schedule and see what art shows that are coming yeah, to like, oh, Beautiful stuff. If you like um, very well-made steampunk looking stuff with vacuum tubes and leather and gold and brass and all that stuff. Old books. Yeah, it's it's very beautiful stuff. And I, I highly suggest you. Amazing. And uh, I think what else? we're going to introduce a, a new segment.
1: We're going to try it.
0: Okay, so here is the deal. First of all, I, I, I've i provided a song for us for the new segment. Uh-oh. So the new segment is tentatively it. called Quick Hits. I don't think that's right. That was not wow. the Right one.
1: <laughs> Let's try it <that> again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not Trin it needs more work with the soundboard. <laughs>
0: not it.
2: Oh man! Wow. <laughs>
1: Wow! You can thank Greg for that. I had nothing to do with that.
2: Nor did I.
0: Okay, so quick hits. This is what we're gonna do Uh, on certain parts of the show that things that don't fit into the rest of the show, but we still might end up with opinions of. We're going to bring up some topics, and whoever of us has an opinion on it gets one minute to give their opinion, and you know then we can move on. It can be a couple. It can be both of you guys. It can be all three of us. And the topics have been hidden from each other. And, you know, we just want to get out uh, some quick little bits about some cool stuff. And so I will um, give a quick example, or you guys can can, uh, give me your opinion on these things. So this week, Justice League is, as of this week, Justice League is no longer in the theaters. Uh, It ended up with the lowest box office total of any DCU movie at 657.8 million U.S. dollars. Uh, Superman, mm-hmm. and that's behind Super, Batman vs. Superman was 876, 873 million. Wonder Woman, 821 million. Suicide Squad, 746 million. Man of Steel, 668 million, et cetera, et cetera. So if you were Warner Brothers, what would you do next? Push on. Push on. How so? I, uh,
1: just keep going forward with their, their plans. I mean, if you, if you recast it again, It just cheapens it even further and it kind of shows, you know, defeat. So I say keep going. DC You might hit gold eventually doubtful, but maybe
0: my personal feeling. I think the casting is actually good. I just think the tone is wrong. Personally, I think if man of steel needs to be that beacon of light, everything needs to not be gray and dark mm -hmm. and they had gold with Wonder Woman follow that path. You know, even the dark scenes, there was, I can, you know, I think of the the World War, uh, two, one World War One scenes, right? Uh, they were dark and gritty and muddy as they should be, but there was still some brightness and some happiness mixed throughout. So that's my opinion on that. Fire
2: everyone because those the DC movies are just crap. I mean, Wonder Woman aside, Wonder Woman aside, because Wonder Woman was a step in the right direction, but everything other than that has been garbage. I mean there everything from the writing to to you know whatever it, I I am surprised though that Justice League ranked lower than Batman versus Superman or Batman and Robin because Batman and Robin was total garbage. That was probably the worst DC movie, well, the Batman on and Robin writing. the
0: old like from the old Batman series those don't count. That didn't oh. that wasn't considered DCU. Oh. So it, it pretty much started at Batman uh the first
2: um batman begins Nolan, yeah yes okay well okay i i take it back because wonder woman was a good movie but so was so was the um christian bale uh batman movie the first one the second one was really good the third one yeah, started to get a little weak but it's uh batman versus superman is definitely the weakest link in that chain so you would say start over except just keep some
0: of the actors and all new creative all new art direction
2: Yes. Uh, you, you, you need better writers. You need, um, so some of the actors are decent. Um, yeah. All right. Time's up. Nice.
0: Okay. Jimmy, you've got one, I believe. I do.
1: Labyrinth okay. returns to theaters for three days, April 29th through May 2nd in select theaters. What, if any, impression did the movie Labyrinth leave on your early development?
0: That movie I did see in the theater, and it did terrify me. Uh, that, Terrified me to, as well. It seemed to come out around the time of a lot of other movies, like that um, Neverending Story.
2: Wasn't Legend uh, around then, too?
0: Legends, but I'm I'm leaning less fantasy and more peop- kids not being with their parents, like Goonies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and things like that. And that made me feel, when I was seeing those movies, it made me feel less like it was an adventure and more like it was almost sad. Um, so I haven't gravitated towards that movie in later times, but I think what it did was, was for overall fantasy movies was a really good thing. And of course, David Bowie is wonderful. Jared, the goblin (sighs) King. How about you, Rob?
2: Um, I, I enjoyed it. It, it, I've always been a fan of the fantasy movies. Um, I do know without question that I will probably be at the theater to see it because that yeah, is Rob, you're amongst adults.
0: you don't have to call them fantasy movies. You can just call that's, it porn.
2: That's that's Jen's favorite movie. So I I have a feeling that we will be there. I didn't know it was coming. So I'll probably have to share that with her and we'll probably end up at the theater at some point. Excellent. I will be there and I can't wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: right, like, let's keep going.
0: Hey, nope I got a I got another one here. This is gonna be, oops. This is going to be uh, one of the reasons I'm doing this because it's not a normal topic we would talk, talk about, but I find it interesting. Uh, so all of us have our various sports teams, and all of our sports teams are good at some things, bad at other things. Uh, in the NBA right now, they're heading towards the playoffs, and there's a lot of talk about teams tanking. Sports so, talk. yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about sports for a few minutes here. So the teams that are likely to be tanking to try to grab that number one draft pick. Uh, we have all of these teams have 20 wins or less. Bulls, Grizzlies, Hawks, Kings, uh, Magic, Mavericks, Nets. So regardless of what sport you're talking about, do you want your team to tank at the end of the season if it means a better draft pick and why? So I can go first with that. Go for it. If we're talking baseball, no.
1: Because if you tank in baseball, and I know teams have done it, you if you're tanking for draft picks, you're going to wait four to five years for those players to develop. So you're talking about tanking for how many years in the NBA? I can see the reason for it because they're building super teams now with the golden state warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers. I'd hate, I hate to see the magic do it, but it's really kind of
2: putting a bad taste in my mouth, but Hey, what can you do? Mm -hmm. Rob, I'll go ahead and go because I I actually was in a situation with this um probably about two seasons ago because my team was so god awful the Niners were just absolutely terrible and you know that that was that was a real thing I mean we uh, I I talked with a bunch of Niners fans and we were like you know what we may as well just wrap the season up. Close, shut it down get that number 1 draft pick because uh there was a couple of decent kids coming out of college that year some of them were, were projected to be really good we ended up screwing up the draft pick anyway but i i really think i i think that there's a better way to do the whole draft pick thing um when i have if we have more time and we actually want to talk about it i'll mention it after you give us your take on it Greg
0: my take is similar to Rob's there's nothing really good about Falling in the middle of the pack, you have seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best team, really in any sport, because you're not going to get the game changers, and you're not going to be able to kind of move on uh, for for a pretty just, was a small amount of time. A few years back, the Steelers were getting the 15th, 16th draft pick, and they had to be really smart with who they grabbed. And it was a lot of role players that were getting picked, and a few players no, like they role got playing player. is. They were all playing as like elves and warriors. Yes. yes. Yeah. There was like a barbarian and a gotcha. Minotaur, but so I, I was on the I, team all for it. I'm all for it, especially in, in the NBA specifically. Yeah. They are making those super teams and you're not going to get a game changer if you don't just tank out the season. Yeah, dude. We, I feel like we could talk about this for such a long time, but no, we can't. Cause the buzzer
2: went. We can't. All right. Then, then I won't mention it. Well, I want to know, but. Well, I mean, just real quick. Basically what I think they should do is to prevent the tanking, they should make it once you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, the team that has the most wins gets to pick first. So that encourages teams to continue to play and try to win. So it's not just, oh, oh, uh, you know, so we don't have like a, um, an Olympic badminton fiasco like they, like we did with uh, China and whatnot. Where everybody's just like <laughs> spiking it into the ground and crap. It's like, Oh, I missed it. Oh, it's, it's terrible. No, you, have to they, still, they you have to, still do try it. And they write.
0: can't just do it when you're mathematically eliminated because there are teams in the West in the NBA that are going to get mathematically eliminated way faster than other ones. So you can't compare it based on the wins because there are some teams that are legitimately terrible, but also in bad leagues. Right. But so I would say that I would say but, that like with 30 games left whoever has the best record. But what
2: you're you're not taking into account, though, is that if they get eliminated that early, the chances that they're going to win a bunch of games are also lower, so they're still on even footing. It just depends way too much
0: on schedule and who they're playing against. For something that's that that big, it can't be left mathematically open. They'd have to pick an exact number of games. Like, whoever, of the worst 10 teams, whoever has the best record over the last 30 games. They couldn't do it any other way because there could be teams that are legitimately bad... That I mean there's there's been divisions before that have had teams with almost losing records that have gotten into the playoffs. so the team in their division is likely to be kind of even with them one way or the other. So I think that makes it a little more difficult when they didn't need to put fi- finite numbers on there, but it does allow teams to actually you know try.
2: yeah I, I think I think they need to reward incentive. Uh, they, or they need to incentivize actually playing well as opposed to playing, as opposed to tanking. That's, that's all. Yeah. I mean, what
1: rules do we have against people just sitting down in the middle of the court, let the other team run by and score a basket? I don't know. It's getting pretty bad with the NBA. They, they need to do something but
0: anyway. Okay. So that was our sports minute and let's, uh, and that was of course our quick hits uh, come up with a new name for that. Cause that was just something I, the name I just kind of pulled out, but that was that was uh I liked it. So right yeah. So let's get into the uh the meat of the episode. Let's do it. And uh I think Jimmy would you like like to start and tell me a little bit about Flint Town which I'm very excited to hear about. All right.
1: So Flint Town like we said earlier is a docu-series. It is 8 episodes on Netflix and it's pretty hard to watch. It's um uh, directed by it's pretty hard a to couple, watch because it's good and thought-provoking. It is.
2: It, what you, it's a, you, what's it? What's that? A docu series about Flint, Michigan.
1: Okay. The uh, more specifically, a uh, new mayor is elected, and she appoints a new police chief. And we follow along a select few from the Flint Police Department. They are interviewed. These very kind of intimate, candid. Situations. There's about five or six officers that it focuses on, and it follows through the year under the new police chief Timothy Johnson, who was elected by Dr. Karen Weaver, the new mayor. And you know, it's also during the Flint water crisis, where you know thousands of residents were poisoned by the water. Uh, It's still going on. By the way, it's it's still going on. Um, People are still drinking bottled water. Um, it's, it's a really, really sad situation. And it was super, super desperate there when the lines broke. What happened was they switched, uh, taking water from Flint, uh, the Lake Michigan and started, switched it over to the Flint River. And when they did that, all the old pipes burst and, you know, effectively, like I said, poisoned thousands of residents. So, you know, tensions are are really high there in the community. There's uh, you know, a lack of of distrust between civilians and the police for, you know, various reasons. The documentary was filmed at a time about halfway through the documentary is when uh Philando Castile was shot and killed. That was like a a Facebook Live broadcast by his girlfriend where he died. Um so tensions are really high between you know, the people of Flint and an understaffed under uh, underfunded police department who I think at the time of the filming, there were something like there were almost a hundred officers for a hundred thousand people. Wow. And they can't respond to every call on time. And, you know, it creates a lot of distrust be- between them and the residents and other reasons. And, it's 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 a hard look at it. It's a hard look at a hard city that um has been on real hard times since GM closed Buick City uh their Buick plant in Flint which was the city's main employer for you know many many years. Hey, this is lost not about-
0: a documentary about Flint. I mean there was Roger mm-hmm. and me which I which I saw in high school uh economics class. It's Michael is- Moore yeah and michael Moore was a documentary made in nineteen eighty nine about some mm-hmm. of those closures and I mean they'd knocked it from eighty thousand employees in nineteen seventy eight down to fifty thousand in nineteen ninety two and thirty thousand people losing their job at once, not pretty for an area
1: yeah, it's
0: not and
1: um, it it's a it's a tough look at you know a really really tough sit- situation on a city that's you know on the the brink really and it's it's an honest look at it it's unbiased. Um, you know, you see what these officers deal with on a day to day basis and you see what the civilians deal with on a day to day basis. And it's very much at times like live PD or the show cops. And, you know, they respond to uh, a murder. The, uh, the very first episode, somebody dies on camera. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was promising. You know, the, the new police chief came in and, you know, it's set in all these these new programs to kind of bridge or kind of mend relations between the police and, and the citizens of Flint. And, you know, I think in his first year, um, crime went down by 40%. The city made it out of the top 10 list of vi- the most violent cities in America. And, you know, spoiler alert, and unfortunately... The kind of after credits where it says, Oh, you know, so and so is blah, blah, blah. So and so is doing this. Uh, they fell back into uh, the top five, if not the n- number one most violent city in America, um, with a string of homicides towards the end of that year. And, uh, you know, hope for the best for the city. And, uh, as a show, it was, uh, it was engaging. I'm not going to say it's entertaining but it was very engaging
0: whenever they film one of these documentaries in an area that if nothing else, the fact that there was a documentary crew helped out some of the people there, uh,
1: there, there have been, you know, there's been an outpouring of support for the city. Um, people have donated, people have donated lots of water. Fortunately, they've been able to get like a a steady stream of bottled water. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they've, they've put in measures to, Uh, you can't unpoison the people, but they've put in measures to fix the water crisis, the water supply there. Um, and, and a lot of, a lot of money's come in and and hopefully it goes to the right spots because there's been a lot of mishandling of that. And, you know, even in the the series, the police chief, you know, he's can't get money to get another car, you know, to have another cruiser on the street. So he says, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to sell all the evidence. Not not all the evidence. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to the people who were accused of the crime. How much is no, it but worth doing? Um, <laughs> That's quite a racket they, man. S-
0: sell all the cocaine from the evidence room, arrest the people again, yeah. and sell it again.
2: There you go. No, they. Cocaine. Um, yeah,
1: but we bought it from you. So. Yeah, not the drugs. <laughs> not the drugs. But yeah,
0: it's uh, very engaging. If you want to get serious and uh, learn a little bit. Um, and it seems like it shows it from both sides, which I like. It does. And I'm going to talk about something like that in a second. Um, check that out on Netflix, you said, correct? Yep. It's on Netflix. Called called
1: Flinttown. Eight episodes, about 42, 43 minutes each. Um, it's very, very gripping, uh, you know, reality television. Nice. Check it
0: out. I'm going to keep things serious for one second and talk about a couple of books I read that are uh, attached to each other. Uh, one is The Last Days, Last Days of Night by Graham Moore, uh, who wrote the movie The Imitation Game. And The Wizard of Menlo Park, which was by Randall E. Strauss, and that book came out a few years before the um you get a double whammy. Yeah, so I read The Last Days of Night first. First of all, the title is just really cool. It is it's talking about the electricity and light bulbs, you know, being invented and how they spread throughout America. But so that's what the last days of night were. And it one, it makes you think just about the fact that you know they had to have people light gas lamps for, you know, Hundreds of years, and the the interesting thing about Last Days and Night is it is based on fact, but there is it's told more like a narrative. It's told like a novel, so all the characters in it are the same or are, are real, but some of the situations are changed. And there's about nine pages at the end of the book that says what was changed. It was more for narrative purpose. Um, one of the big specific ones is that that uh, the book actually follows a lawyer, and he's trying a, or he's. Westinghouse is the lawyer, so George Westinghouse George Westinghouse. Mm-hmm. And Westinghouse and Edison are in a legal battle over both AC versus DC electricity, but also over who actually patented the light bulb first. Were they uh thunderstruck? Yes, they were thunderstruck. Oh whoa whoa whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow, Rob caught yet another music reference. I think he's lying about the whole not being into music. So he uh so basically what happened was Edison patented the light bulb before he had an actual working copy, but he said specifically that his light bulb was a long lasting one. And then he was frantically trying to figure out how to make a filament that didn't burn out in like an hour. Oh uh, yeah. So anyway, the lawyer is the lawyer for Westinghouse. This guy named Paul Cravath, who was a young lawyer. He was, is sort of an underdog. And one of the big things is he sees a, something that happened in real life, but in real life he didn't actually see it. And it's a, a linesman setting up lines and falling up against them in New York. And he basically catches on fire and blue flame leaps out of his mouth in the middle of the day while people are deciding whether or not electricity is safe to have in their homes. So it causes a little bit of problems. And the so that last days of night basically is focusing on, it's weird because it's a novel that's riveting, but it's about patent law. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of talking about, you know, who's going to end up getting this patent for, you know, is America going to be running on DC? Or is it going to be running on AC, uh, which is um, direct current versus alternating current? Uh, direct current mm-hmm. has a much shorter range, and we ended up picking Westinghouse's version, which was um, alternating current, which has longer range. But you know, Edison was trying to basically tell everyone that AC was significantly more dangerous, so he was pushing for AC to be used in the electric chair to kind of be like, well, you know, look, we just fried this criminal. Do you really want this in your house where your kids are playing? That kind of thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did a lot of that and then it turned out when they tried to fry the crim- criminal with AC it took them multiple times so it's like oh well maybe this is safer than, than DC it turns out AC is actually a little less safe but there's there's a lot of conversation about that kind of stuff um, so since that book really kind of followed Westinghouse and s- sort of culminates in something that I had no idea the Edison General Electric Company is what we consider GE General Electric and I'm like reading this whole book about Edison General Electric, and I never even occurred to me that when they're talking about like Edison's biggest fears—losing his name, losing his namesake, losing his companies—that General Electric was actually the company started by Edison. Huh. Like, oh.
1: Uh, now, did you read read these books, or did you listen to them? I had to
0: listen to them. Just,
1: just curious. Yeah. Just okay.
0: Busy wise. Yep. So after, anyway, after I got that got done with that, and could tell it was a you know, little more. Skewed towards Westinghouse and it definitely portrayed Edison as a bit of a, a bit of an ass, although curmudgeon. more of an ass, but at the same time, it kind of for every one of the players was an ass. And then, and you also got to see JP Morgan being the namesake of the, the financial bank thing. Uh, Tesla, of course, who was one of Edison's scientists and then went off to work for Westinghouse. And of course now has a car named for him and a very underrated eighties metal band. But I thought that was interesting, and I'm like, "Well, I want to learn more," so I, I wanted to read the the other side of the story, which is The Wizard of Menlo Park, which is a biography of of Edison's life. And Edison's life is so rich and so so crazy; he's done so much. You know, obviously, you guys know he invented the tattoo needle, the phonograph, light bulb, um, the motion picture camera. Uh, did a lot of stuff for mining equipment, things like that. But you know, this whole other book is basically just a sub story in his life, in Edison's life, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, if, if they address,
2: um, because you hear a lot of stories about Edison and how he was basically a thief, um, that he stole a lot of ideas from people who worked for him. Did they, did they talk about that at all? Or did they just kind of gloss over that?
0: No, they did. They talked about it. Um, but it's, each one was kind of different. Some of it was a thief in, you know, patenting things before it was Mm -hmm. invented. Uh, like the case of the light bulb. Some of it was yet not giving credit to the people that worked for him. Kind of or the or the
2: people who came um, up with the idea.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that still happens today. It's not optimal, but you know, if if I invented something while while working at my place, I'm not going to get the credit for it other than a pat mm-hmm. on the back, you know. I am not say he's right about it, but I'm just it's nothing that has changed, but um yeah, there's a lot of there are a lot of cases like even the the motion picture camera or the film camera basically I mean, he really stole that from a, a French artist whose name I don't mm-hmm. remember right now. But one of the things I did find interesting, just in general, is you know the how things worked back then and how much time happened between various things because of the travel and the fact that you couldn't send messages and stuff like that. But even like the the lawyer that's in that first book, his name is Paul Cravath, and there's a law firm to this day named after him. And that I mean that law firm is in the news right now because it's the one that's working on the uh, negotiation between. At Time Warner and AT and T, the um, 108.7 billion dollar buyout of Time Warner by AT and T, and it's, I think it's held up at the moment. But you know, it's just it's crazy that all these people's names and ideas have lived from the late 1800s, early 1900s. Oh. Um, so, I highly suggest both of them. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Last Days of Night is going to be a going to be a book or is going to be a movie. Um, there is. The way it's written, there is you know there's a love story which is true. There's a few things like that, but it's if you want something a little drier and that covers a longer period of time, Wizard of Menlo Park is probably for you. But if you want something that's a little more personable and easy to get into, Last Days of Night is really it's just they're both really good. It's, they're actually the reason why I've saw it a couple times that I've been stuck in the the late 1800s and early 1900s. With and it's stuff a I've riveting account of patent law. It is, yeah. That's what I put right there on the thing. <laughs> That, that was my first uh, explanation to the book, and I was like, when I first started the book, and they were talking about like patent law, I am like, like, oh,
1: I'm <laughs> I'm like, oh 13, boy, this is gonna be a real this, and then
0: I was finished with it in less than a week, and I was like, oh well, yeah. When I wasn't listening to it, I wanted to be so. Uh, if you are hmm. into history, this is a really approachable way. Both of these books are really approachable and show you both sides of the story, which I I like. And it, as Rob said about the uh, about uh, the Greatest Showman that none of these people are 100% great. Mm -hmm. And to be this famous, to be this good at stuff, you have to step on some people on the way. And both of these books will reveal those. The seedy side. That's what I did over the past couple well, months. All
2: right. So I think we're going to move on to our next topic. Um, I actually just got back from seeing Tomb Raider tonight. Right on. And I got to say, I enjoyed the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But the, I, I think I'm weird because there were a couple of parts that I was just like, the, the suspension of disbelief didn't work for me. But the parts mm-hmm. that it didn't work for me, I was like, why am I paying attention to that? That's stupid. I, <laughs> well, it
1: depends on which parts you're talking about, because there were some damn idiotic parts there were some ridiculous decisions made there was some awful straight up awful dialogue but mm-hmm. overall i i mean i enjoyed it you know if if and they will you know i think they will make a part 2 um that so will,
2: so i can i can i can reveal the parts that i had trouble with without yeah. actually revealing anything in the movie okay um so my my problem was not with the 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 weird plot angle that they took the movie to. My mm-hmm. problem was that that effing camcorder sat in that room for seven years, and she just turns it on and it works. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What? She just turns it on and it turns. It's literally been sitting there for seven years, and yeah. it works. Those that people was, were on. Uh, those people ahead. were on that island for seven years, and they still had ammo. Really? No, they don't. No, well, they, they had don't.
1: A, they had electricity too. Did you, like, like the light? On. The lights were on. I'm like, where do they get gas?
2: On what? And do and they... that's what I, it was. <laughs> it was it was the stupid logistical stuff like that that I was like, really, really, and and it wasn't like because you know there was there was a cut in the scene when she turns on the camcorder. Mm-hmm. that it was like. Okay, maybe she plugged it in, or maybe she changed the battery. But you know that camcorder is yeah. seven years old. Where the hell did she get another battery? But then she takes out this file box that's been sitting on a shelf for years and pulls out one of those little hand hand recorders, the the little tape cassette, the mini cassette recorder things, and just <clears> clicks <throat> it on, and it friggin' works too. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me.
0: Yeah. I'm like come on <laughs> so the the general plot before we get too deep into like nitpicky stuff uh what just quick what's the general plot because I, I did not see it all right
1: so this is a reboot of the Tomb Raider
0: franchise yes
1: this version of Tomb Raider I believe uh coincides more with the the lore established from the newer games as it's it's trying to to breathe new life into it it stars Alicia Vikander, um who I thought was Pretty good overall. Yeah, um I I did not mind her. Walton Goggins is in it, who has a great name. He plays the villain. Uh Daniel Wu and Dominic West. The movie's directed by Roar Othog. And if There's that's God, not
2: a great name, I don't know what the hell, what the hell
1: is. Yeah. So
0: you're not feeling well, Jimmy? What's going on there? <laughs>
1: um they do it it's it it's like it doesn't pay attention to the Angelina Jolie movies they came before. Right. But everybody at this point, you know, knows the origin of Lara Croft. Everybody knows. So I thought they didn't spend too much time on that. Rob, what do you think? I, I think it was an appropriate amount of time that they spent on the origin.
2: Um, they, the, the whole origin thing was kind of drawn out. The first part, basically. You think so? Well, basically, with but but they they played it up with with stuff that didn't really matter. Um, like that there were some dumbass bike chase. Yeah, the bike chase, the the boxing so scene, the boxing that, scene where she lost. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. What did what did we really accomplish here? Um, uh, yeah, the 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 beginning parts of the movie didn't really seem like they were pointful or leading anywhere other than to show you that she wasn't taking advantage of her family's money.
1: That and she's kind of a badass. She's really clever. She's in great shape. Unmotivated. Yeah. Not really motivated to get out of her current situation as a bike courier. The MMA angle was really weird. Yeah. In my opinion, I think it's a little late for that. This movie could have been made 10 years ago and it would be the same exact movie. I feel like. Yeah, if
2: that I, makes. I will say, though, as far as the MMA uh, scene does go, that exact scene came up later in the movie and she actually got out it of did. it. So so it could be yep. something where they were showing where she actually learned something, but they didn't actually mm. show her learn it, which I thought was weird. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's
1: not like the her getting out of that situation later in the movie was anything spectacular. Right. Because she just bit the dude. <laughs> she,
2: yeah. And she it's, bit him. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. I was just like, all right. Yeah. And that's good. And the way that she that she dispatched him, I was like, well, no, that, no, no, no. Yeah. It, it's as much kind of crap as we're talking about it, still, I thought it was
0: enjoyable. It wasn't, it was, and, it, it was uh, enjoyable. It, it, I'm, I'm glad it's not like treasure movies. I like, adventure movies you know from you know romancing the stone to indiana jones obviously to um national treasure
2: this is this is not yeah. indiana jones
0: well i i figured yeah. as much but it was weird that i i wasn't as excited in fact i kind of even forgot this movie was coming out until the situation last week mhm <laughs> yeah so it's it i like it you rich. Well, so i will see it <laughs> it's going to yeah. get beeped out again it's totally going to get beeped out again um so I just thought it was kind of interesting that you – know, for a genre that I'm – that they don't do a lot and I do like, that I didn't care all that much. Yeah, there were there were definite moments in the movie where
1: they were like, oh, hey, remember, this is based off a video game. It's like we have to solve this puzzle, and it's very video game. It's very don't step on these things. You know, You have to step in the right sequence for this. If you played the Tomb Raider games, I mean, and, I think you'll appreciate it.
2: And that that first booby trap, I'm I'm wagging my finger here because I was like, what? When they said it in the movie, I was like, how the hell do you know that? When they set off that first booby trap and they were like, oh, this trap was meant to keep people in. I'm like, how the F do you know that? The spikes came yeah, straight up just- from the ground and went straight back in. How do you know that that was intended <laughs> to keep people in? Are you oh, serious? Well,
0: that they knew that because they read the script. Yeah. That's all. That's, that's the reason. It's not a good thing, <laughs> um, but you know, it is the there's there were some other
1: great things about it, Rob. I I don't know if you noticed this, but um when Laura Croft turned to face the whole entire island army, that was that was great. When spoiler alert, her dad's not dead. He's a crazy person on the island, and he says something to the effect of, oh, well, I'm not that man anymore. And she turns to him and says, but I'm still his daughter. And she just, like, runs out with a bow and arrow to take on this entire army of people on this island. It was just so goofy. Yeah. And – but at least, you know, she had arrows that the the bad guys died immediately when she shot them, no matter where they got shot. Immediately. Immediately. He was shot in the leg, dead. Shot in the foot. <laughs> One guy dead. got shot in the shoulder, grazed right in hand. the ear, dead. <laughs> yeah, he got shot in the shoulder. It would have been very painful. I think he would have lived, but he went down like a sack of potatoes. So maybe those arrows were poisoned. I don't know, but it was silly. Now
2: I I did get a little laugh when when um she she had, she, Lara Croft had a really a a uh, really moment when she was. She was escaping the river, you know what I'm talking about? And the Yeah. And she, it's like one thing after another. And she's like, Really? Come on, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, that made was, me laugh. It it made me laugh too, and it made me relieved mm-hmm. because the situation she was in, i I'm sitting there going, Really? Really? And then she says it, and I'm like, okay, it's it's a yeah, they're,
2: they're they're giving a little yeah. nod. They're giving a little nod. Kinda ridiculous.
1: But yeah. Other than all the bad things we've talked about it, still the action sequences were great, the fights were awesome. Um, there was some clever integration of you know some of the very video game stuff. They made it seem kind of possible, but not um, it it was really believable because she was in such incredible shape mm-hmm. um, that you know kind of hoisting herself up with her her hands tied and, and things like that. Um, although a little crazy, you know, seemed believable.
2: Well, except for after the injury that she took coming down, that was. I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, no, she's done. That <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. No, she's done. <laughs> uh, and then
1: she got up and she's like, "All right, I'm good." And,
2: and, and then, then she, she I always love Rob's injury dish. corner. And then she continued <laughs> to run around for the rest of the movie and fight people. And you know what? Even drawing that bow would have been very painful.
1: So, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, and although I don't work in that field, um, it seemed a little implausible. Yeah.
2: And then, and then the ice, the ice claw axe or whatever that that she was using that dug itself into solid carved stone, and I was like, I was like, yeah. no, wait a minute, come on now. <laughs> Well
1: there's a fight in there too, where she she kind of turns around and goes back to fight the villain to keep him from progressing any further you know your your final boss battle, and she comes out and she throws it on the ground, and yeah, it does stick right into the stone, but I'm like why are you why are you leaving that behind mm-hmm. and then she picks it up later it was just hmm. As goofy as
0: it was, I thought it was fun. It, and I it, will go see. It was you know, fun. Yeah, that I don't would... know. You mentioned a second one. Um, so the movie debuted at number two in America uh, for at 23.5 million, which was actually um, not what it needed. Um, so in between America. It was and huge Canada, in China. Yeah. And it made about 102.5 million in other territories. In China, it actually did a debut at about. I'm looking at the numbers here which are not it did really well in China it was about over, over 50 million um it needs to make at least 275 million worldwide to break even so it probably needs to get about 350 million or so to get a sequel so mm-hmm. i'm not sure if that's going to happen
2: yeah i because i don't know that i would recommend going to see it in the theater to
1: i <laughs> i went and saw it on tuesday night so tickets were 6 dollars um and that's about you know, if somebody came back and said, "Oh, man, I paid full price for that movie, I'd be like, "Well, I've told you about the six dollar you know Tuesday mm-hmm. deal many
0: times so forty one point five in China on the first weekend, which that which is very good um which is what's interesting is in China the you know it it got trounced here because of Black Panther doing so well in China. they don't understand some of the the politics and the situations behind Black Panther, so that movie hasn't done quite as well there. although still hit number one. But that's how um, Tomb Raider was able to kind of climb up above Black Panther that this particular week. Did I find interesting? <laughs> climb. That was a Tomb Raider and Black Panther joke. Look at that, and a Jumaji joke. Yeah. Okay, so we have Rob who said who would suggest maybe renting it. Jimmy who thought it was fun, worth maybe seeing on the big screen at a discounted price, and me who has not nope. seen it but will eventually rent it someday. Well, guys, I think this leads us up to our question. And our question, we're doing a double question this week, because... Well, you'll see. Uh, So first... Give me ten! Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do five of the best video game movies, of course, based on our conversation about Tomb Raider, and of course, more likely, five of our worst video game movies.
1: Because there are a lot more
0: bad ones than there are good ones. Yeah. So, which one do we want to start with, best or worst? Mm -hmm. What say you, Rob?
2: I say we... Um, I think... I think we should start with the best, because I think the worst would be, is is probably a better discussion.
0: Okay. All right.
2: I will start off with the best. We'll all do our best first, and then we'll do our worst.
0: Okay. So of our best, my number five, we've talked about it a little bit before on this show, I would go with Warcraft. I'm not really, I don't really know anything about the game. Literally everything I know about the game, Warcraft, is from the little cardboard things they put over the security sensors at um, stores. When the new game is coming out for Warcraft, <laughs> like a new, gotcha. That's like I know nothing else beyond that. Yeah, but I, I sort of enjoyed the movie. I like Duncan Jones Jones's directing and stuff like that. And I really think that the War Warcraft the movie got really crushed by the idea of making a uni- a shared universe type movie rather than just making a good movie. But it was uh, entertaining a uh, Hitman Agent 47. I always liked the Hitman games and I thought the the movie was was palatable and and that's saying a lot in video game movie terms. A uh, Silent Hill actually had some legitimately scary parts, which I I think Jimmy's going to talk about in a little bit. Yep. Maybe. Uh the original Tomb Raider movie, which I I actually did see in the theaters and liked and I had a really pretty good soundtrack if I remember correctly. Pretty sure I own it somewhere. And speaking of fun movies and and fun soundtracks, the Mortal Kombat movie for me, it took a simple concept kept it simple, and of course had the awesome soundtrack, which I'm sure Jimmy is going to sing for you as soon as I say it. Go ahead.
1: Mortal Kombat!
0: (laughs) There's a really kind of funny
1: um, tidbit about that song. It's done by a group called the Immortals, I believe, and it was done for Mortal Kombat specifically, and one of the members of the group is actually Praga Khan, who is the Founder and band leader of the group Lords of Acid, which, if you've ever heard them, they are very not safe for work.
0: I did not. I know that always at all. thought
1: that was very, very intriguing. Hey, we could actually be immortals. A
0: of, that was a, yet another music reference. <laughs> wow, no, pro- I, I actually didn't know that, I, and I like Lords of Acid. Yep, so do I, was I. Never, if you search around in their um, their albums or their album booklets from back in the day, you always ran into stuff you didn't want to see. So I didn't really look too closely. Yeah, so. So, all right. I did not know about the Project Con things. So that was my best. Good, nice. I'll go with my
1: five, and going go to go a little different direction here. My number five is going to be Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Number four nice, is nice. the first Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I'll touch on some more of those later. Number three is 2018's Tomb Raider. Number two is the animated Street Fighter. Okay. My number one extraordinarily underrated in my opinion genuinely scary parts you know from pyramid head ripping the skin off of a woman to you know the end where um there's a lot of murdery things happening silent hill fantastic i loved it it's got sean being in it poor guy but you know r.i.p ed stark did
0: did sean Bean die in it as usual no he didn't actually um but yeah there's my five best
2: all right. Well, I'll go ahead and throw out my five best. Um, I'm going to start at number five with um, the first Tomb Raider. Um, still an enjoyable movie, um, even if it is a little campy, a little hokey. Yeah. Um, my number four is probably going to be Mortal Kombat. Right. Um, like Greg said, they they, they didn't mess with the, with the formula and just let it go, and it worked. Yeah, I'm—, um, I'm- really kind of lukewarm on that, but yeah. it wasn't awful. Yeah.
1: It well, not and,
2: awful. And, and since we're talking specifically about video games translating to movies, the bar is set so low because good in that category isn't necessarily a great movie. It's just better than the other crap. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, at number three... I'll probably go ahead and toss out Final Fantasy because All right, cool. when Final Fantasy came out, it was absolutely amazing. It was almost photorealistic and it was completely CGI. The entire yep. movie was CGI. So it was, it was a groundbreaking film and it cost a lot of money to do. Um, but it was visually stunning. Awesome. Number what number of my own two, number two, I'm going to go with Silent Hill. Genuinely, genuinely uh terrifying at parts. Yeah, I gotta give it, it that. Was. And my number one, I, I I have to admit, I really enjoyed the original Resident Evil. Yes. So I'll 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 go ahead and slide that one in
0: at number one. Nice. Resident Evil did not show up on my list largely because I've seen all of them and I can't tell them apart. <laughs> like I don't remember which one was which and if I do remember correctly, a lot of them don't line up to what their names mm-hmm. lead you to believe they would be about. Mm-hmm. Very true. So I was trying to f- figure that out today, and then I'm like, you know what? I'll let someone else talk about that, uh, which All I right. guess brings us to our, yeah. our worst. Yeah. I'll, how about I start with that since oh, you <laughs> – Do you guys have any idea why – before we get into that, why do you
2: think video game movies do suck? Like I've uh-huh. always wondered that. I think a lot of it is they try to fiddle too much with the formula that's already there. For the, for the same reason that like all the Transformer movies have sucked, they've had storylines and plots in place and then they've just screwed the pooch. I mean, there's, there's yeah. no reason to try and get all fancy and stupid with, with some of this stuff when you've already got a basis for the movie. I mean, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Agreed. I definitely agree with that, Rob. I, I will add to that and, and say that for the most part, they're a cash grab.
2: Exactly. Um, they don't care trying. what the product is. They're just, yeah. They're just trying. They're just to...
1: like, hey, this is hot right now. Let's rush this movie. Let's hurry up and get it done because there's a new version of Game X coming out, or it's so huge that's let's let's hurry up and sell some more merchandise, and and you know, unfortunately, the movies suffer for that. Yeah. For a really long
0: time, I thought that they wouldn't throw the budget into video game movies because video games were so niche you know it was nerds that played them you know they're not gonna be able to get people to go to the theater but now video games are really popular you know so much so that esports are building arenas around the country
2: right well and 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 to be fair about my previous criticism a lot of games are movies nowadays like um the it's based on movies, yeah, or like, like Blizzard. If you've ever played uh, Blizzard's uh, Diablo, I mean, you could essentially yeah. run all of the cinema sequences that start all of their all of the different acts of the game, and it would be like a, oh, yeah. it would be like a movie. Or, I, I think the first time I
1: ever experienced that, and there was a, a lot of backlash over it like, man, am I playing a video game or am I watching a movie? Was Metal Gear Solid, um, yeah. and and that was frustrating. But looking back on it, it's like, man, that
0: was so good. Mm-hmm. Same, Same with the original. Residency. The original Doom game was originally designed as an aliens game, so it was based on a movie. And you know, they couldn't. And then they went around and turned it back into you know, movie to game, game back to movie with just different things. So it's hard to be super original. And yeah,
2: that movie wasn't good either.
0: I haven't seen it. And it's the other thing I think is they're too self aware that they're video games. Uh, I think psychologically. A lot of people say that there are video game characters that people will, you know, they put themselves in that place. They play that character as themselves Mm -hmm. or as an opposite of themselves, just to as an escape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So seeing an actor in that role kind of takes that away from it. And there's certain things that you do in video games like that don't translate to movies. Like, you know, if they made a Legend of Zelda movie, are they really going to have a part where you're walking around smashing pots for four hours? (laughs) Hell Yeah. (laughs) Okay, scratch that. I would totally watch that.
2: That's integral to or the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I get that. I mean, if you made a Fallout movie, how long would the scare the character, you know, spend trying to find bottle caps?
0: Yeah, exactly. Or
1: right. uh, you know, there there have been some there's been some talk. You know, there was talk of a Bioshock movie, and people are getting really excited about that. And, you know, that was that was crushed. There's talks of an uncharted movie being really good, and you talked about earlier how you like the treasure hunting and the puzzles that could make for a fantastic film
0: mm-hmm. or they're it can not be too self-aware. Bad, so. they don't need to have any yeah. segments they're ripped right out of the video game
1: the storytelling in uncharted. the audience yeah the storytelling in the uncharted series i think is some of the best it's done by naughty dog who knocks it out of the park yeah. every time and you know that's it's the reason i owned a ps3 was to play that. The Last of Us
0: and Uncharted. Yep, both from Naughty Dog. Uncharted is my favorite video game series, multi-game series I think ever. And Definitely up there for me. Mine's want Final
2: Fantasy. The, I
0: want there to be a movie, but again, yeah, I don't want like you know, Doom, which you, use, you didn't see, Jimmy. But there's a whole segment of that movie that goes first person. Just yeah, I heard about that. It was weird, and it's it was kind of, at the time. It was like oh, that's kind of cool, but it reminds you that you're watching something about a video game. Rather than just watching a movie, and it became, it was neat at the time. But after the fact, it's like, oh, wow, I totally got pulled out of that movie for the anything after that part.
1: So. so, Rob, you said your your favorite series of all time was Final Fantasy. What did you think of the other Final Fantasy CG film, Advent
2: Children? It was it was enjoyable. I mean, as far as yeah, as I far it. as um, and I was actually surprised that Square Enix was part of the Tomb Raider movie, the one that I that that I that we just talked about. I was like, I was <laughs> like, wait, what? Totally <laughs> Square Enix. Yeah, when that when that came up on the
1: the you know when the film started and it said Square Enix, I was like, what the where the shit am yeah. I? What's happening? I, I didn't right realize now?
2: Square Enix had anything to do with
1: Tomb Raider. Did, did they purchase something? Yeah, it was Idos. I believe so. It was Idos that that did it originally and, and under the, you know, they published the newer newer mm-hmm. version of it.
2: But that's, that's one of the things, and that's one of the reasons I like the Final Fantasy games, is that Final yeah. Fantasy does plot and storyline better than just about anybody, as far as their games are concerned.
1: Yeah, combat mechanics, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, hell, the game that you guys play, it's turn-based combat. Whenever Greg's playing it and I'm like, dude, that looks like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy.
2: Well, and I, I'm not talking about just the mechanics of I'm just talking about this the straight up storyline of the game. Um,
1: oh no, I agree hundred percent with yeah, that they, as
2: Yeah, well. they they go really in depth and they write a decent story, um, and they do it better than than most games in today's market. Yep. So that being said, should we should we give out our Razzies? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Worst, maybe, uh, maybe. And I'll, Jimmy, go ahead.
1: We were going to kind of segue to this, but we got, you know, took a different path with some very interesting conversation. Um Resident Evil appeared on all three of our lists as, you know, one of the best adaptations. And I think the first one was you had the liquors, you had, you know, situations, that terrifying monster that crawled on the ceilings. Um, you had the mansion, you had situations that. You know, you're like, Hey, yeah, this is very in line with the games. And then it got freaking weird and stupid. So for number five, I put every other Resident Evil movie. (laughs)
2: Okay.
1: So after the first one, they all just really just went down the the tubes. Uh, my number four, I don't know why I watched this, but is dead or alive. The movie was so dumb. I don't
2: think I even gave that a, gave that an opportunity. It's awful.
1: Uh, one of my favorite games growing up, one of my favorite series was Double Dragon, or or is as it Double movie, Dagron? Was bad. Double Dagron, um, as I wrote down, yeah, Double Dagron, the movie, extraordinarily forgettable, just stupid. Uh, I think it came out around the time as my number two, which was Super Mario yeah. Brothers, which was just awful. I mean. It shows up as, you know, one of the worst movies ever made. And my number one that I was so excited about, I was so crushed. I was so confused. I saw it in the theater. I was a huge Street Fighter fan, but the Street Fighter live action mm-hmm. film with Jean Claude Van Damme as the American, you Guile. know, uh, general as Guile. I was just like, wait, what? Why does he have an accent? What's happening? I was so confused as a kid in the theater <laughs> watching that. I just. Yeah. Almost left in tears.
0: <laughs> you just ruined so, my those childhood, are my five, and Street Fighter.
1: Yeah, those are my five worst video game adapted films.
2: Fair enough. All right. Okay. Rob. Who's on. next? Do it, do it all right. right. Well, um, Double diagram almost made my list. It wasn't. It wasn't bad enough to make my list, but um, it was. It, it was. Close. It was. It was close. It almost made the list. But I'm going to start at number five with Super Mario Brothers because. It, because it was it was wow. terrible, it just it just it just wasn't good. Yeah. But even worse than that, and it was probably because it thought it was a real movie. Um, my number mm-hmm. four is probably going to be Prince of Persia. It didn't it see it. Thought it was a real movie and was just terrible. It not not any good.
1: <laughs> I love the game. Uh,
2: see that movie,
0: the original game. Me. It didn't. I saw it in the theater. I again adventure mm-hmm. movie. I know the controversy behind it because, oh, you know, they just put with Jake Gyllenhaal and spray tan. But I, I couldn't tell you anything about that movie, so it was just kind of there. Yeah. So it didn't do anything
2: overly offensive.
0: It just didn't stick
2: with. For me. me, it just wasn't good. I mean, everything from the dialogue to the acting was just, you know, questionable. I mean, the, the girl was hot, but other than that, you know, whatever. Um, at number three, I'm going to put in Wing Commander because it was just. Just no, no, on, on every level. No, stop. It hurt. I, 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 it was one of the ones that I almost turned off just cause I couldn't get through it. Um, my number two is one that Jimmy already mentioned, and that's going to be Street Fighter. Just, just t- terrible. And one of those instances where they, they tried to d- get too cute with the story and, and get... Creative and it's like no, dude, it's already here. I mean, the the movie is basically Bloodsport. What are you doing? Why are you adding all this crap? This could have been decent. What are you? Stop. So yeah, Street Fighter is my my number two, but my number one is is probably and I I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but it's probably going to be In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege tale with.
0: I, real quick, I did not know that existed until I was looking at lists of movies to make sure I didn't forget
2: anything. And I was like, this is I, a I freaking saw it. Oh, Jason, Jason Statham. Statham playing a peasant. Yeah. I was like, for real? <laughs> he's he's a farmer who knows kung fu? What What is going on? I don't, I don't understand. This, it, 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 it just, <laughs> just
1: terrible.
2: Yeah. From start.
1: Dungeon Siege. was like. Great yes, dungeon crawler.
2: The movie, the not movie, so much. Mm. Uh, just, just awful. I couldn't. No, stop. What? Oh my god.
0: <sighs> so that's my five. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I will pile some more crap upon uh, up on you guys. Number five is Wing Commander. That came out. I think it was 1999 in the middle of the when Scream made all the teenage movies with the teenage actors big again. So Freddie Prince so, Jr. Yeah. So everything had, we know how. <laughs> I, yep. So everything had to be, we know how we feel about scream. Everything had to be written by the guy that created Dawson's Creek or have storylines like that. And, and they took wing commander outer space thing and made it uh, with Freddie Prince Jr. And Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard. And the weird thing about that was I actually had the wing commander poster in my room for quite some time in, uh, my early years of college because I got it from Blockbuster and the I was like, oh, okay, I actually, I actually still have mine. <laughs> we we should do a competition and give it away <laughs> to somebody, give it away <sighs> to the listener. But um, continuing on Resident Evil Retribution, that's the, one of the ones I was able to figure out that I saw and didn't like. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. I mean, the casting in that movie was terrible. The idea, the way the characters looked.
1: It was just a terrible movie. movie.
0: From top to bottom, story, casting, costumes, art direction Such a bad turn for Bob Hoskins from
2: uh, Roger, Roger Rabbit. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, I really feel like they can make a movie about how bad it is, and I would see that.
2: Hey, uh, the best
1: worst movie was a great documentary about Troll 2.
0: Yeah, it really was. And, you know, even the, the movie about The Room, which is out, which is out and probably on video soon. I'm going to go with number uh, two. Street Fighter, and the one of the worst things about that movie being so bad, it was actually the last movie that Raul oh, Julia was in. Yeah, so Rob Julia, oh, had, yeah. like, launched into fame in, like, 1985, I think, with The Kiss of the Spider Woman, where he was great in that, and then, of course, he was in nice. the Adams Family movies, and then he was in... Yeah, he flew out, filmed these scenes, and then died of stomach cancer, and just mm-hmm. in an awful way... To end. But I mean, the good thing is he did the movie specifically for his kids. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And my number one is actually the Assassin's Creed movie. I thought that would be interesting because the Assassin's Creed games are interesting. And I was like, this would be really cool to to visit other... Some star power. it had, had Michael Fassbender, Marianne Cotillard, and it had, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of visiting, you know, the Spanish Revolution or, you know, if it did well, go to the other places and they focused the damn movie on the least exciting part of the game, the, you know, where they're in modern times or in the future in these big machines sending their brains back into their past selves or their past relatives mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, if they, it was like three quarters of the movie. If they flipped that and it was three quarters of the movie in the past and one quarter in the future, it would have probably been pretty good. So it had potential and. They didn't trust themselves to do it again. So they Assassin's had a story in like,
2: place and effed it up. They had to write a new story and eff
0: it up. Like, I recorded that movie on my DVR, rest in peace DVR. And it took me like two and a half sittings to get through it because I kept on forgetting that I actually watched it. Like, I'd watch it and be like, did I already watch this part? I don't think so. It was that bland. <laughs>
1: I I had actually I had plans on seeing that in the Dollar Theater, and I I didn't even it wasn't even worth that to me.
2: I know what you're going to go see next weekend, though, Jimmy. What's that? Really? Pacific Rim. No. Pacific Rim Two. No. Uprising. Doesn't doesn't Ready Besides Player One come Pacific out next Rim. weekend? Not this coming weekend,
0: but the following weekend. Yes, Ready Player One will be coming out. So we're going to have we got oh, Pacific oh, Rim yeah. Two coming out next weekend. Ready Player One in two weekends. Also, this weekend, uh, I Kill Dragons comes out, which if I can find it, I want to go see that. And we will, as we see these, we're going to be reviewing them for you guys. Definitely. And uh, any last words for this episode, guys?
1: No, if I can get past the uh, stomach-turning character design for Ready Player (laughs) One, maybe I'll go see it. (laughs) Wow.
0: Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Feel free to check out our store on Threadless to chat with us on our Facebook page, to visit your favorite podcast provider and send all your hate mail to Greg. And of course, and of course, thank you for listening
1: and check us out guys. We will be on Twitch soon. Uh, We do have a page. Give me five podcasts or give me five pod on Twitch. Thanks for listening.
0: Hey Rob, you should figure out how to do the um, Twitch thing and play some uh, of, of the your little car soccer Rocket game league. Yeah, because I'm
2: I'm not good at it. I I get schooled a whole lot. That's to be. Hey, we didn't <laughs> this thing to to be the best. Well, I can definitely manage being the worst. <laughs> I'm gonna tank it. Yes, a- and we, we Sweet. and we, we got full, circuit.
1: Circuit. full circle. Full <laughs> circle.